Hello, 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 everyone out there. Thanks so much for joining us today. We are Belief. We're a conscious media company focusing on bringing you guys stories revolving around money and business, health and wellness, true success, our universe, and world news. I'm Vanessa, and as usual, you can find us at believe.love on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash believe loves you. For our Apple users, believe iTunes.com, and for Android users, believe Android.com. All right, so starting off today with a topic under health and wellness, we're going to be talking about some amazing natural foods to consume for a good night's sleep. And I'm just going to give you guys just some of my top five favorites. Um, I truly love focusing on like very simplistic things. And, you know, things that we're kind of already doing in our everyday lives, but things that we can, like, improve on um, immensely. Um, of course, just, you know, to improve generally on our lives um, in, in all different aspects of our lives. One of the things that I love talking about is sleep and dieting. Um, I think that they're, they, they definitely go hand in hand, and they're two very, very important factors of, you know, the life of a, of a living thing, um, you know, a human being. They're both so important, and they truly do affect um, us, our, our well-being. And if we're not mindful of those things, then things kind of can get a little crazy. So I think that sleep, you know, being mindful of our sleeping habits and being mindful of our diet, our eating habits, it goes such a long way. So today I want to leave you with five amazing and natural foods, mostly fruits, veggies, and a few nuts, um, that can assist you in a great good night's sleep. Um, I think it's all about being preventative. Um, diving into this topic, as well as just all things related to sleep, health, um, all of those different things. I think the key is to be preventative. Um, eating a few good foods a day, right, or at night, it doesn't only change your habits for, you know, the better, but it truly does set your body up for recovery before things are even, you know, a problem. Being preventative, it's just, it's rather, you know, being safe than sorry, if you will. So let's get right into it. Number one is the kiwi. It's rich in antioxidants um, and vitamins C and E. It also contains serotonin, which is the hormone um, that's related to rapid eye movement, our REM sleep. And that can be, in low levels of serotonin, can cause insomnia, which is why kiwi is just so awesome because it's rich in folate. And insomnia is one of those health, health issues that a that's a symptom of folate deficiency. So participants who actually consumed um, two kiwi fruits one hour before bed for about four weeks, they said that they had a 35% chance of falling asleep faster than those who didn't. And they just noticed those things, you know, instantly, just four weeks. So definitely, definitely add kiwi to your diet if you're having issues sleeping or, um, you know, to gain that extra vitamin C or E. Another great um, natural food that's also great for sleep um, is cherries. Yeah, cherries, they act as a natural sleep aid thanks to their melatonin content. I didn't know that either. I didn't know cherries had a melatonin. It's a naturally produced hormone that signals our body when it's time to sleep. Melatonin is actually secreted in our penile gland. I think we talked about this a few times um, during some other subjects. A study published in the European Journal of Nutrition, it found that people who drank just one ounce of tart cherry juice a day 
reported that they slept longer and more soundly than those who didn't. So cherries as well. That's awesome. Definitely um, add cherries to your you know, sleeping regimen if, if you're having issues falling asleep. Bananas. They are an excellent source of potassium and magnesium. Bananas can put your body into sleepy state by helping with muscle relaxation. In a study in the Journal of Research and Medical Sciences, magnesium had a positive, a positive effect on the quality of sleep in older adults with insomnia by expanding the time they spent sleeping in bed rather than just lying there and making it easier for them to wake up as well. So bananas, they also contain um, Typchofan, which is a precursor to calming and sleep-regulating re- hormones like serotonin and melatonin. <clears throat> so definitely bananas as well. I mean, we hear that they're really good, you know, first things in the morning. I know that we've heard that. I've heard that uh, growing up for quite some time. You know, banana in the morning is really, really good for, you know, your muscles and everything like that. Um, because of, you know, the potassium, of, of course, you know, that's a good dose of, of potassium. But um, you can also do it at night. You can also have a banana at at night, and it'll definitely help you with um, sleeping as well if you're having difficulties falling asleep. So number four would be almonds. Now, almonds, they're high, 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 high in calcium. So they're a great muscle-relaxing magnesium source and an amazing bedtime snack. Um, Calcium actually helps the brain convert the amino acid uh, Typtofan into sleep-inducing melatonin. So almonds are actually really, really good um, for the end of the night, for an end-of-the-night snack, because <clears throat> they're actually going to assist, they're going to assist the brain in converting the acid into melatonin, which is huge, right? That's that's not that's gonna be the not most natural way for you to fall asleep and for you to just very for you to ease into it in such a relaxing way. Um, rather than like, I don't know, taking like a, a NyQuil or something um, where you kind of feel like you're like forced to go to sleep. It's so funny. I, I've known people that have taken NyQuil or ZQuil or something and they take it like right when they're trying to do something else that they need to do before they go to sleep. So they're like rushing around, running around, like trying to prevent themselves from going to sleep because they've already taken something that's going to, you know, induce sleep in a very like unnatural way. So I always find that funny. Um, but almonds, they actually can induce you in a very calming, peaceful, and natural way. So definitely have almonds before you sleep. Um, you know, if you need calcium as well, or if you're just having a difficulty falling asleep. And lastly, uh, the best one here on the list, um, some may say, is uh, spinach. It's a great source of that type of fawn. And the green, it's an excellent source of folate, magnesium, and vitamins B6 and C. And those are all key cofactors in synthesizing serotonin and subsequently melatonin. So all of these different vitamins that we're discussing, they go hand in hand with putting us to sleep and regulating our our, uh, sleeping hormone, which is uh, melatonin. Spinach also contains glutamine an amino acid which stimulates the body to get rid of the cellular toxins that lead to sleeplessness. That is probably the coolest thing. Glutamine, it it truly, truly, truly cleanses the body um, so that it can sleep. 
And here's a little tip, though, for cooking spinach. Um, they always say to avoid the flame. Heat breaks down that glutamine as well as the vitamin C and the B. So it's truly best to eat spinach raw because then you're losing a lot of the amazing substances that it has to offer. So those are your top five amazing natural foods that you guys should definitely, definitely get into um, to consume or to consume, I'm sorry, for a good night's sleep. And it'll move you into a peaceful, peaceful uh, state. And you'll also be getting a lot of vitamins, calcium, potassium, magnesium, you know, so many other things as well um, because our natural plants and nuts and fruits, of course, um, they are rich with a lot of vitamins and a lot of amazing stuff that we need. We truly need to survive. But we also need a good night's sleep. So it's really cool when you can get two in one. So keep out, definitely keep out for those fruits, um, for those foods, and look into more natural, natural things that you can do um, or things that you can consume before going to sleep. We're going to move on to our next topic here. Under the topic of world news, <laughs> things are getting pretty interesting. We're going to talk today about what exactly Democrats and Republicans can agree on. <laughs> now that we're in the year 2017, hopefully we can, we can shake some things up. Hopefully we can find some things. I'm sure many of us um, paying attention to what's going on in our country, and not, a, not only in the past year, you know, in the past, um, in the, in the hecticness, hecticness that's happened in the past year, um, it truly is hard to even understand what is happening in our country. You know, when things seem to be getting better, something tragic happens. When, you know, things are going so bad they can't seem to get any worse, you know, a little, a little shed of hope is, uh, you know, peeps through. So that is the dance <laughs> that um, seems to be America, if you ask me. It's a little dance. We go back and forth. When we have two political parties who seem to rather point fingers at each other than actually make any real changes or differences, you know, it, it truly doesn't have to be that way. It truly doesn't have to be that way. But that is, that is the way that it seems to be. Um, but that does bring me to, to a very interesting thought here. Um, does anyone happen to remember when U.S. Senator of New Jersey, uh, Cory Booker, um, who is a Democrat, and Rand Paul, who's senator of Kentucky, who's a Republican, they came together to push the Redeem Act. This was not too long ago, just a few years ago, which sought out to assist nonviolent offenders with, with um, sealing their records so that they could get jobs and return to society without being viewed or, you know, discriminated um, as criminals. And Rand Paul, he believes, he believes this to be one of the top impediments to unemployment. And I happen to agree. I truly do. Um, with the Redeem Act, just to refresh some of our memories, it prompted states to keep teenagers under 18 out of adult courts, um, to seal records of youngsters who committed nonviolent crimes before the age of 15. And it offers a way uh, for adults convicted of nonviolent crimes to seal their records and allow certain low-level drug offenders to continue receiving certain federal support. He actually made another great point during a press conference with Cory Booker that this is not a right nor a left issue. And that's always like the first um, thing that's brought to their attention, of course, when they're together, whether, whether they're apart. Speaking, of course, on Booker and uh, Paul specifically, when they're together, when they're apart, it's like the first thing you're going to hear whoever's interviewing them bring about the fact that they are um, 
in two different parties, as if, you know, what we're talking about here doesn't affect all of us, that like it can affect all of us. And I love that he said that it truly isn't a right or a left issue. It's a people issue. It's all of us. And something like this truly does and can affect all of us. And we truly need to see it that way. There are many people that might have been shocked to see two senators and opposing parties coming together to fight for the same issue. But um, it's truly moments like this that we need to be seeing more of. We need more of these moments in our lives. You know, more often than not, it's truly what it's all about. This is what it's all about. It's not about one party being better than the other or one party being less evil than the other. You know, we are all in this together. We are all one United States of America, and we need to start looking at it that way. We truly need to start seeing it that way. And I know that this can be done. I truly, truly know that we can all come together and figure something out. I mean, I was just talking about this recently um, when we're seeing states, and actually it seems like the entire country is totally behind the legalization of marijuana. And that's something that is so surprising, of course, a few years back or, you know, even decades back to say that this was going to happen is a total shock to a lot of people. But it can be done. It totally can. That's a great example as to how we can all come together and just focus on the problem at hand. And we need to make that our main priority. We need to make this collectiveness, this community, um, viewing it this way, a huge priority. We're all responsible. And just to give you another great example of this, um, and even more recently, this is just happening. I was just reading an article actually published today about this. Um, The world's most prominent religious leaders, they came together to present their answer on how faith can work in the world. The Pope, Dalai Lama, and Ayatollah Saeed Fadel Ali Malini, um, Malani, I'm sorry, and many, many others, there were many other religious figures, they issued a joint statement which says, Make friends with people of other faiths. And uh, Al-Milani said, Our advice is to make friends to followers of other religions. Um, And Al-Milani is one of the UK's most senior Shia Muslim um, clerks, you know, clerics that there is in, um, in history right now. Dalai Lama said, Personal contact, personal friendship, then we can exchange a deeper level of experience. So true. And this all just, and now that we're talking about religious figures, just to just make another point, it totally just brings me back to our history lessons. You know, let's not forget that the founding fathers of the United States, you know, why they thought it best to separate church and state was because, you know, religion has always been so much of a controversial thing. It's always been up in the air. And then, of course, religion in the past has always been linked to wars and chaos and, and, other, and other, you know, very destructive things, unfortunately. So when we see now, though, pub, public religious figures today, in our time, right now, coming together, spreading peace and promoting peace, not war, it truly, truly should make us all take a look at ourselves for a moment. We should just take a second and truly think about what all of that means. Because they're coming together and they're able to show a beautiful sign of, you know, community. And, you know, I would love to see the same for our America. So just to bring it back to our America, to our legislation, and what it is that we can improve. I know that it can be done. And it's amazing the things that have been done because of people coming together. Okay, but if we're really going to talk about, like, what it is that we can do and... um 
based off of other examples and everything else? The answer is pretty, pretty simple. It is. It's pretty simple. Considering that we're not the only country on this planet, we're not alone. And I do think it's our responsibility to do something different or to learn from others, you know, to learn from people that have been here as well. Um, and just to think, just to think, there have been 55 fatal police shootings in the last 24 years. That's in England and Wales. 55 fatal police shootings over the course of 24 years. When you compare that to the 59 fatal police shootings in the first 24 days of the year 2015 in the United States, it truly makes you question some things. Truly. And I, I'm not sure if you're understanding what I'm saying. That means there were more deaths, there were more police shootings, 59 in total, in the first month of the United States, I'm sorry, in, in the United States of the year 2015, in the first 24 days, than there was in the time span of 24 years in England and Wales. That's just insane. That's truly like archaic. It doesn't even make sense. It's also true that members of the police force, they don't carry guns in, in Britain and New Zealand. They can't use firearms on citizens, which doesn't happen. And they also don't get the, you know, they're, they're not put in the position to unfortunately get their own guns turned on and used against them. These things just don't happen. And the logic is, the logic is there's less of a risk of gun violence overall, you know, if there are no guns on the street day by day. And the, the numbers reflect this. We see this in their numbers. 55 fatal police shootings in 24 years compared to 59 in 24 days in the United States. I would be so scared to even visit here if I heard that. Like if I didn't know that, you know, maybe it's not that crazy common, but it is. Like you, these are the numbers that, that are out there and it scares me. It truly, truly does. But I think that we can totally change this. I think we can make a difference if we choose to focus on that. I mean, take Norway, for example. We have evidence of the lowest recidivism, recidiv I'm sorry, recidivism rate in the world at 20%. That's in Norway, compared to our 76.6% of prisoners who are rearrested um, re within five years of, being get of, of getting out of jail in the United States. They also have relatively lower crime than compared to the United States. It's quite clear that they're doing something right. I mean, they're doing something. And that something is relying on a concept called restorative justice. Let's just go over that just a little bit. Which aims to repair the harm caused by crime rather than punishing the people doing the crime. So they focus on repairing, rehabilitation, and working with their prisoners or you know their inmates, figuring out what or where the root of the issue is so that they can actually assure that these people don't come back to jail, they don't get in any deeper trouble, that they're moving towards you know, a better way of life. Another great example is the Halden prison, which is in Norway, and they have no bars on their windows. They keep their kitchens fully equipped with sharp objects. No one tries to harm themselves. And there's actual you know, testimonies of friendships between guards and inmates. They have um, a healthy, healthy atmosphere. 
And they also seek to prepare inmates for life on the outside with vocational programs like assembly workshops. And they even have a recording studio. So we hear things like this, things that are definitely happening all around our world at the same time that these crazy things are happening over here. And so I totally, totally believe that America can do better. I do. I genuinely believe it. I know we can do better. And it's like we see it everywhere. We see just a little bit of humanity everywhere. And, you know, seeing two opposing um, party members coming together on one issue should not be that much of a surprise, you know? Um, Seeing inmates, seeing prisoners you know, go on rehabilitated and re-entering society, going back to normalcy, continue on with their lives, shouldn't be a shock either. It shouldn't be that much of a surprise either. It shouldn't be so rare is what I'm trying to say. And so we've seen this. We've seen in our America people really, really transcend and really, really just like blow us out of the water with their humanity. And sometimes things are a little rocky. Things are a little scary. And we're dealing with things like, you know, our prisons are fully, fully stocked. And, you know, it's crazy. We have the craziest incarceration rates. And it makes you think about where are our priorities and what is it that you and I can do, like, right now to make this better, to truly improve this. So I really want you guys to think about that. I want you guys to leave, you know, each day truly just feeling like you've done something different and done something better for your country, for your people, for those around you. Because I think that we need to change the narrative. We need to shift the narrative of what America is even and what, and what, we, and what you know, we want to be, what we want to be. Because we have other countries talking about us. We have other countries talking about our incarceration rates, looking at us like we're, like we're insane. <laughs> and they truly do. And they have a right to when we have, you know, other countries that, you know, we would consider less advanced, but they're actually doing, you know, amazing things for their people. We really need to, we need to look at those things. And I truly, truly want to focus on, you know, reshaping America or possibly shaping America into an America that we can all be proud of. That'd be cool. (laughs) And our final topic for the day, under true success, Managing your stress for a bigger and brighter future. Now, we all know what stress is. We know how it possibly feels like, but um, knowing actually what it is, like the root of it, where it comes from, it can actually help you attempt to control it. Um, and to better weigh out your, your, your situation. So stress is your body's response to any kind of physical or mental demand. Some are universal. And then there are some that really, it's just like you against the world. There are times it feels like no one else could ever possibly relate to, you know, what you deem to be stressful in that moment. Um, another thing is what does stress actually feel like, though? Sometimes we can, we can understand what it feels like and we, we think it makes sense to us, but maybe you could be under stress and most people do this and they, 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 they channel it in ways that they don't even realize. You know, we're, we're teaching ourselves to cope, to cope, to cope. And then we are, and we're not really helping ourselves with that kind of a mechanism. You know, it could be a change in your appetite. It could be the inability to sleep, constantly feeling overwhelmed by any kind of situation, mood swings or irritability. All of these things could actually be, you know, contributors of stress. They can be contributors to stress. 
And if you don't actually know what's going on with you, then you can just keep on piling this up. And that's not what you want. That's not what you want. Your future is big and bright, so you need to be able to manage stress accordingly. You need to be able to understand it and work with it. Um, <clears throat> stress, it can also have physical consequences. It's a life of unmanaged stress that can lead to high blood pressure, heart disease, or even stroke. So it's all about how you manage it. It truly is. And how you prepare your mind and your body for what it is. So we're going to get into some things here. Um, how you can manage your stress. First is definitely identifying your stress. What I, what I like to call introspection, of course. Just taking that moment to truly understand yourself, just to getting into to knowing who you are. And I think it's so crucial. It's so crucial because if you didn't realize possibly, I don't know, that maybe you're more of an introvert and you really, really need your time alone to process information and, you know, just relax. You know, if you're constantly surrounded by other people, then yes, you're going to feel stress. You're going to feel more stress to the people that you're around and you're going to feel overwhelmed more consistently. But if you took the time to realize that you are an introvert and you need that time alone, then you'll probably set that time aside for yourself and you'll be fair to yourself. So we all face, you know, many troubling situations with each day. But what affects one of us may not affect the rest of us. So we really should be mindful of our own stressors. So I'm actually going to come and break this down for you guys. I came to realize that there are 12 common stressors that almost anything will fall under one of these categories and we kind of all deal with them one way or another. And I've broken them down into like kind of three different categories to maybe make a little more sense of things. There are the very, very common um, everyday stressors which are like work, family, decisions, emotional or physical stressors, right? And most of us, they, we do deal with this more often than not, or all of them. And then there are the ones that are a little give and take. You probably will deal with these once or twice in your life. Environmental stressors, social stressors, and change stressors, when things just change abruptly. And then there are the last four, which are a bit more rare, but they may be an issue in your life or to someone else that you do know, which are phobic, disease, pain, and chemical stressors. Now, what I would suggest is you start by making a list. You start by making a list of all of the things that contribute to your stress. You could do this daily, weekly, monthly, however often you truly, truly want to. But be honest with yourself. Be reasonable, too. Make a list of all of the stressors, everything that contributes to your stress. Don't ignore anything or leave anything out, truly. You can choose to group them however it is that you choose. You can either go through each one that I mentioned and like fill it in or go off the top of your head and see where it goes. The, the whole point of the 12 stressors is really just meant to remind you of all the different factors in your life. And so when you're trying to really get this exercise out, you may wanna just go down the list to kind of remind yourself of different things that you may forget. So it's a good way to not forget anything. So that's your first step, is to identify your stressors and go through those 12 common stressors and figure out what exactly in your life is giving you so much trouble at the time. Step number two is eliminate, reduce, or forgive. Now with your list of stressors, you'll want to write an E, an R, or an F. Now I believe actually people, some people do um, a C for cope instead of forgive, but I personally prefer to forgive myself um, at the moment 
and trying to figure out what it is, you know, that I can do, possibly do to change this. I, I feel like forgiveness is a better, it's a better term for myself rather than feeling like I'm coping with something, no matter like how traumatic it is. But truly, truly feel free to use whichever phrase you're more comfortable with. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Coping, forgiving, generally the same thing. So you're going to eliminate the things that you know that you can change, things that you know can be different. You know maybe it's you that, it's maybe you have to change something, you know, it's all on you type of thing, or things that you know that you can definitely work on. You're gonna put an R next to things that you wish to reduce. These are things that may be a little bit more difficult to let go of, like all at once, all in one time. But be sure to pay attention to these things so that you can get better, so that you can improve. And then hopefully when you're ready, you'll know you can actually write an E on that list. And then finally, forgive yourself. Put an F next to those things that you just can't change at the moment, but you're gonna focus on what you can. So those Fs, just leave them there for now. Focus on the E's and the R's and what it is that you can actually change right now. Things that you can um, adjust your stress level to. And as these E's and these F's, I'm sorry, as these E's and these R's come around, you will see, um, hopefully, you know, more of them fall off and you'll be able to move those F's into those positions. This is an exercise that I've been doing for a while myself. And whenever I feel overwhelmed by my emotions, um, I can't quite figure out where my stress is coming from. I really like to go to this list and I try to figure out things this way. Um, and I encourage you guys to do the same. And for my final tip here, it's just a few more tips for managing stress. So just a few other things that you could do um, outside of this exercise on a more regular basis, um, like avoid alcohol. It's great, especially, especially when you're stressed. I mean, I don't know why people always associate that, like, oh, I'm in a bad mood. Let's go out and drink. Like, it's only going to cause you more problems. Using alcohol as a coping mechanism, it's just going to bring you more issues. You're just going to have more issues that you're going to have to worry about. So truly, truly avoid alcohol when you're stressed. Eating right. It's great. Drink water um, instead of soda. You know, maybe lay off the soda. Add more fruits and vegetables to your diets. If you don't like them, then maybe you can find ways to enjoy them. Like maybe um, buy some organic peanut butter for your celery. You know, do stuff like that where you can make it fun for you, but it still is worthwhile for you. And finally is to find some alone time. Honestly, 15 to 30 minutes a day could truly, truly help you out. Um, just to be alone and to reflect and just to be by yourself, only hear your thoughts, definitely helps uh, me. And it could definitely help you achieve focus. And you'll be able to approach your duties with a very calm and um, um, almost self-assured, self-assured nature. So definitely find ways to manage your stress um, that are kind of outside of the norm. That's kind of what I loved about this exercise. I hadn't really heard of it before. And so it was really, really fun just to do something different, just to find a way to kind of put my mind on something that's very difficult to put your mind on. You know, when you're in that mode, when you're stressed and you're like literally overwhelmed and like all of your, all of your thoughts are racing, it's so difficult to calm down in that moment. And it's so difficult to even figure out what exactly is causing your stress. So if you had something like this, like a worksheet where... You had to just sit down and just take a moment and just go through each individual item. And you could be like, nope, it's not a disease. Nope, it's not pain. Nope, you know, maybe it's emotional. You'll figure out where your stress is and then you can easily attack it and figure out what you have to do to solve that issue. So ladies and gents, thanks so, so, so much for joining us today. I'm Vanessa. 
you are still watching Believe, and please, please check us out, Believe.love. Feel, feel free to subscribe, of course, to youtube.com forward slash Believe Loves You. And for iTunes users, um, Apple users, BelieveiTunes.com, and Android users, BelieveAndroid.com. Thanks again, and you have a great night.